Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake. The only show focused on Office 365 development, where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. So before we go into today's show, just some updates for Office 365 development this week. The first one, if you're listening to the show when it launches on Thursday, we actually have an introduction to Office 365 development live webinar with a live chat Q&A with the engineering team that's been hosted on MicrosoftVirtualAcademy.com. The link's in the show notes. If you do miss that show and you listen to this after the fact, you can actually listen to that or watch, sorry, that live on demand um, after the fact too. And it's a great overview of introducing Office 365 development. So please check that out. And we do have some more courses coming along those lines. The other post you would have noticed is that the Office 365 API tools for Visual Studio 2013 had a summer update today. The update essentially allows you to have a much more streamlined flow when you're adding the connected service. And this is a lot to do with it based on uh, the feedback we got from the community through Stack Overflow and the Yammer network and working directly with the Visual Studio team. So big thanks for the feedback. Um, we now actually handle a lot of the things around managing the redirect URIs in ASP.NET Web Application Projects as well, which is cool. And also we get a little bit more information in the status windows in Visual Studio output window to help when we're adding those things directly and to show exactly what it's adding to your, your projects as you're doing the Add Connected service. Now, we do support, at a certain point, uh, Windows Phone 8.1 projects now, but there's still a little bit of hand-rolling, and we're just waiting for the class libraries to be added, um, which will be coming coming shortly. So please go and check out that post, and if you haven't already started playing with the Office 365 APIs, it's a great way to start integrating Office 365 services into your existing standalone web applications or your mobile device applications. On the same ilk there, we actually had a blog post um, submitted by Xamarin, um, who they are again a supported project type within Visual Studio 2013 for these Office 365 APIs. And they wrote a very detailed how-to blog post on exactly how to go and take an existing Xamarin mobile device app, um, obviously written in C-sharp and XAML, and that can be outputted to Android, iPhone, Windows Phone, consuming those Office 365 APIs. So if you're a Xamarin developer or you're interested in those things, that's definitely a good place to start. And the last link for this week, uh, it's pretty convenient. Um, two, two of my favorite bloggers, actually, Steve Pesco, who I met for the first time last week at TechReady, um, wrote and, uh, and published a, a blog post on uploading large files to SharePoint 2013 from .NET using CSOM REST. Steve Curran, um, who's an MVP that is a very good blogger and, and, and definitely shares a lot of his findings as he's building his applications for the store and for his customers, also wrote on the same topic as well. Literally um, a day apart, Steve actually beat Steve Peshko to the post there. And uh, interestingly, Steve actually calls out using RPC as well as REST and CSOM there. Obviously, RPC is a, a deprecated API layer that goes all the way back to, I think, even 2001 of SharePoint Server. Yeah, and as usual, it's great for the community kind of sharing these things with all of us as well. So a big thank you to both Steve's um, and Xamarin guys for sharing that content, and obviously a huge thanks to the Visual Studio team. So without further ado, um, I've got a great show here with Richard Zariga. We cornered him at TechReady19. Um, he did an amazing session on Yammer development 
especially around analytics. If you haven't seen it, the link to the SPC demonstration of Power BI and Power Query and the Yammer data export logs is on, on the um, Channel 9 site. But this is a great kind of introduction to Yammer development and some of the stuff that's out there that um, he's been blogging about. So enjoy the show and um, look forward to hearing from you guys on the Yammer Network. So thanks for taking your time out of your busy schedule to talk to us about Yammer development today. I know you're really busy with Tech Ready this week, but um, yeah, we all really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jeremy, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, so my name is Richard Azariga. I work out of the Microsoft Technology Center in Dallas. For those that are unfamiliar with the MTCs, we're an organization within Microsoft that helps customers both maximize their investments in Microsoft technology and remove any sort of barriers for really innovating around our technology. So quite often we have big customers that come in, they've made a a big commitment in leveraging our software and services, and we really try to push the limits of what those software and services can do to really help drive, you know, some some business value in their organization. Do you guys build scenarios to demonstrate the power of the different platforms that we have at Microsoft for the customers or... We do. So, um, you know, I, I like working with developers. Um, sometimes, though, I end up working with, like, top-level executives of some of our big EPG customers. And, and when we do that, we a lot of times, um, you know, we'll build, like, a full kind of end-to-end scenario and help them kind of envision how, you know, hey, with Office 365 being, like, this commodity where, check, I get SharePoint, check, I get OneDrive, I get Mail, I get, you know, um, unified communication, Um how we can then like extend that to really deliver like business value for their industry. So right, we, right. I've done, you know, based in Dallas, we have a lot of oil and gas customers. And so we, we've done some pretty extensive things around oil and gas. We've done other industries as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so they come in with their cowboy hats on and That's right. stars on their boots, right? Yeah, we have a place to park your horse. And, you know, <laughs> it's good old Texas. <laughs> we, um, I, I mean, people probably know you already from the stuff you blog and... Um, you know, we do a good job of amplifying your stuff, uh, the coding you do. And, and specifically, you seem to have dug very deep into Yammer very recently. Uh, you happen to be speaking about it this week at TechReady. So what enticed you to get involved with Yammer development of all the different things that we offer across the Office 365 suite? That's a great question. So, you know, what I found is, um, you know, I've, I've been a developer forever and, and developing on top of SharePoint and Office for a long, long time. And when we introduced the, the app model, I found myself that every app I was building had some social component to it. Every one, right? Even if it was just, I want to look up user profile information, right? Because, you know, an identity of another user, that's one thing. But if I can then get more of an enhanced view of them, user profiles to me are are really valuable when you're building an application. If I want to pull in like, pictures of other right. people. And so I found myself doing social and everything, you know, and... and We've made a pretty big commitment and had fantastic adoption of Yammer internally. Um, and I actually had a Yammer engineer come up to me after an internal session. So it was actually the help desk app that, that I helped build. He came that's up right. to me afterwards and he was like, hey, that's I love the social stuff you have in there, but why isn't it Yammer? Because it was SharePoint Newsfeed, right? That's right. It okay. was SharePoint Newsfeed and we were, uh, you know, we were actually looking at Newsfeed activity. We were posting to that. Uh, and so he kind of challenged me. He said... You know, this is kind of where we're making our investments. How come you're not building that in, in and, and I guess my first response was, well, you know, where it stands today, it's these it's completely separate development models. Right, and so right. um, I, I said, hey, you know what, I'll go back and I'll, I'm going to look at it. You know, I don't want to I don't want another engineer from Yammer coming and saying, yeah, how come right. you're not looking at this? 
And, you know, what I found was, first of all, Yammer is a more, uh, I would say, comprehensive social platform than what we had in SharePoint in, in 2003. Um, and what's great is there's APIs for almost all of that. And so, it, to me, I found it, uh, there's so much more that I can, I can leverage. And if you are familiar with our app model, you'll actually be familiar with the Yammer app model because it's almost identical. Right. And you, when you say that, it like creates RESTful and there's concept of OAuth tokens in there. Is, is, that, is that where you see the similarities stop or is there? Absolutely. Well, I mean, beyond that, I mean, so, so some of the similarities you mentioned are, you know, we have REST APIs in both. We have uh, both leverage OAuth. Um, in fact, if you, go, if you go to register an application in Yammer, it looks almost identical to AppRegNew oh, really? in SharePoint. So, I mean, it is... It, it, I mean, you have, like, side by side, if I hid some of the Chrome, you probably would, in a lot of ways, be challenged to d tell the two apart. Um, but beyond that, they both have a concept of, you know, app discovery. So in, in the SharePoint world, we have, you know, the private app catalogs or the office marketplace. Um, on the, the Yammer side, there's actually a, a, a catalog there as well. And so I found a lot of similarities between right. them all along the way. So, so why would you need an app catalog in Yammer if, say, for instance, I was building a standalone Angular site like that, or maybe like a help desk system like you built, which is ASP on MVC, right, the one you built? Yes. Yep. So if I was consuming the Yammer APIs, would I need to register that in the app catalog? Is that just so that Yammer on the other end knew that my app was trying to reach into Yammer to do things? So you, there's kind of two concepts in, in Yammer development that are a, a little bit different. One is when you, when you start building an app in Yammer, by default, it's only going to work in your home network. Okay. So it's not something that, that's open to the world. I couldn't go send it to some other uh, organization and they could start using it. And what, I, what's the reason for that? Is that because the tokens it generates... Um, tokens are specific to the network. Yeah. Um, I think it's more. Uh, I think it's more uh, a case of probably a level of security that the Yammer yeah. team felt was necessary. So what they have is you can go and mark an app global, and right. there's two ways you can mark it global. One is kind of a hidden global, and then the other one is a I want to mark it global and put it in that catalog. So right. you know, if I was an organization, we were building something just for us. Uh, but maybe we have multiple networks for some reason, maybe yeah. because we work in external networks. Uh, we could certainly mark it as global and not necessarily open it up to the world. But um, the catalog, to me, um, you know, I think we'll eventually see a uh, consolidation of catalogs. We're yeah. already starting to see a lot of that. Right, right. So I would see that stuff maybe ending up in the office store at some point in the future. But um, today... It is a place for you to discover new things. So if right. I build something cool, like a help desk that has some, you know, plugins to it, that might be a new way for an organization to discover some of that, you know, great developed goodness that I I built. Right, right. So service service it in the Yammer UI as an app that you can leap into with Yammer Auth kind of connected. That's right. And and so with that, when when we're talking about the the Yammer API, if I have used it and open a new browser session and hit your application directly and then somewhere in that code within your application, the JavaScript, um, is it all client-side? Is that just going to work without me having to broker that off to a server-side piece of code to call Yammer? So it, it, uh, so if we're talking auth, yeah. um, it's going to depend. Um, right. So um, a lot of it depends on the browser you're using, where you've been before. Yeah. Um, in general, what's going to happen is um, if you do things client side, 
client side, it's going to go and do a check uh, to say, hey, are you already authenticated to Yammer? And right, if so not, I might be using Yammer in another browser window and I'm already offed in, so your app in another window will be able to check that and use that token. That's right. Right, okay. That's right. Well, provided that, provided that your application and Yammer sit in the same, for IE, the same security zone. That's a that's oh, a that's okay. one of those security zone challenges that we see. It's not exclusive to Yammer. It's exclusive to. Earth. So if you build an app, you'd have to ensure that, say, if the Yammer network, corporate wide, is pushed out to a certain zone within browsers, you have to make sure your applications are in that same zone as well. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then you know that's usually pretty manageable through group policy and things right. like that. But um, that is certainly a, something to to keep in mind. You can do a server side. Um, OAuth flow, and and that's actually what I've done in a lot of my apps because the benefit of that is is it can be um, we can we can actually pass go through the process, and if if the user is set up to have a single sign-on experience in Yammer, they would never know that um, we ever like paused for a moment um, because as soon as we render a page to them, they already have an access token and they're calling away. So there's not all these client side checks, and right. to me it feels a little bit more, um, I would say, automatic um, when when you do that server side flow. So that's what I've done a lot is I'll do a server side flow to get an access token, and then do the rest as like um, like an Angular type of right, implementation, right. a single page app. So so when you're calling those REST APIs, and we've had other guys like Scott Hillier uh, on the show talking about kind of JavaScript and calling REST APIs. Is there any frameworks you use to make it easier for you to kind of throw a call over to REST and then kind of handle what it returns back in a in a more like structured way? Well, so with Yammer um, specifically, because you're talking, um, it, because it is a cross-domain call, you know they they do implement the concept of cross-origin resource. So you actually have to go in and register a domain. Yeah. Um, but probably the most common way of client-side calling Yammer is actually through, they have a JavaScript SDK. Yeah. And it looks almost identical to using jQuery when you make a REST call. So, right. you know, in jQuery, you can do, you know, the, you know, Ajax or, you know, do, a, um, you know, a, a jQuery Git or something like that. Um, it looks very similar, um, except for you're doing... Um, you use something called yam.platform.request right. and you give it a URL, you tell it if it's a Git or a post, and, and ultimately you get JSON back and you can work with it however you want to. So that's the, all the client side calls that I've made, I've used the, the Yammer JavaScript SDK. And then you can just kind of like for each through collections very easily of what gets returned? That's right, that's okay. right. And, and with that, with the REST API, with what's returned, what kind of things can you do? Like what are the typical scenarios you've built and what have you seen some of your customers build like kind of integrating back to Yammer? Yeah, so I've, you know, I've kind of recently gotten a lot of interest in, um, you know, if you think about like what we are pitching around the the office graph and, and the, the benefit of seeing how people are connected and content is connected, um, I've, I, that to me is, is incredibly powerful. And so, yeah. you know, some of the, the, more advanced apps that I've done have looked at trying to build kind of social maps in a lot of ways. So I have a few different kind of social map apps that I've done where let me let me go several levels deep in someone's network and see, you know, what their interests are, like who they're following, who's following them. And so those are obviously things. So getting users, getting, you know, the details about a user, like who they follow, um, who follows them, 
um, what sort of groups they're a member of, right. um, maybe some of the activity. But really, if you think about like what I do in the Yammer UI, like the you know Yammer.com, uh, I can do almost anything that you do in that UI yeah. through REST. So it's the same kind of philosophy as the old days where like SharePoint designer, everything was using the ASMX APIs inside SharePoint because their mobile clients and their web UI is using the, their own API. You could essentially chuck Fiddler in between it and see what's being called. Is that really where it's at? That's right. I mean, there's there's a you know there's a certain level of, of APIs that, that um, are documented um, out on like developer.yammer.com. And uh, you know beyond that, uh, if you if you go and you see something that's in Yammer and you're like, hey, they must have an API for it. You can use something like Fiddler a lot of times and, and discover new APIs. Just know that those are because they're undocumented. They could change at any point in time. Right, right. Because uh, maybe they deem them their internal APIs rather than being the public ones they document. That's right. That's right. So you know, a good example is if I'm doing like a one-time thing with Yammer, like maybe I want to just almost do like an ETL process. I just want to pull out some information. Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, I think that's a totally fine um, scenario to where I can go find an undocumented API, use it one time. I don't know that I'd build an application around... Ship it in the store or something. That's right. Or. That's right. That could get you in trouble, yeah. maybe. And, and so one of the things I see, and we had a hackathon on Sunday, which um, I think you were busy doing something else at the weekend. Um, but the... The guys all were building Yammer apps, and what was interesting was they were pretty much all of them were using the Yammer widget. So the way to inject uh, essentially a message stream, a Yam stream, yep. um, directly into their application UI, and so it was kind of it was tied to the UI via, via an ID. So if they opened a product page and product ID was two. The yam yam thread had that link to two, and if you then jump to product ID three page, the the yam widget would actually show the product ID three thread. Okay. Um, so that was really about displaying a thread, and you could have a conversation directly in the app. Or then, if you went to the Yammer web UI, or you went to maybe the mobile Yammer apps, you could still see those threads and converse with them. Um, have, have you used that at all in any scenarios that you've worked with or have you just used the raw APIs? Yeah, absolutely. So that, we call that the Yammer embed. Um, yeah. So you can go to any group or even there, you know, the Yammer has kind of their own graph API to where you can you can kind of have uh, your application can ha- kind of have its own entities and conversation around. So for instance, in a CRM scenario, I could actually have a Yammer conversation specific to a customer that's in my system. Um, and, and so you can do that same Yammer embed with that as well. Um, so a, a good example where, where I've used that is actually in our um, Office 365 patterns and practices. Right. So a common, common thing that I hear from a lot of customers is, you know what, we've tried out Yammer. We do think it's a better social platform than SharePoint. Well, we want to adopt it. We have adopted it. But it's kind of pesky that every time I create a team site, I have a site feed instead of a Yammer feed. Right, right. And so one of the patterns that we did is, you know, we're big about owning the provisioning process and how the app model can can really drive site governance around branding and all these different things and how, how provisioning is really powerful when you own it. Well, one of the things that we did in patterns and practices is say, okay, well, I'm going to create a new team site for maybe Project Acme. Right. Well, I'll, as part of that, maybe I want to create a Yammer group and replace that site feed with 
the Yammer in bed. And so we've we've kind of modeled those patterns. It's it's in a lot of ways kind of where we're going with the new kind of groups concept. Yeah, yeah. But around where it truly centers around that that collaborative team site. So if I went into my network, um, where would I find those feeds? Because if you had like fifty different apps or creating these like objects tied to the the external app kind of object are they in the all company feed or are they in a group somewhere they're actually specific to um that item um so you're not going to find them in a feed um it's really more meant to now you will see it in when you're in in yammer they have kind of the concept of um it's kind of like a real-time window over to the side where you'll see you know some other things that are kind of going on but they don't show up in like an all company feed yeah so those those items do show up there and it might even be in some of like the the following feeds i don't remember uh, right offhand but the idea behind their graph api is that it 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 is it's a, a conversation that i can have specific to to the these these items but if i so if i app mentioned you in in that feed within my app it would still show up in your inbox inbox yeah so that's absolutely. probably one way it would surface right mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, outside of that kind of the creation of those those object graphs inside Yammer for the apps against particular kind of, I guess it's just items that the app has context around. Mm-hmm. What other scenarios have you seen? Do you see a lot of um, that kind of business processes posting things on just the a Yammer network just based on events happening, or have you seen any of that with your customers? I have. I mean, it's one of the you know as as Yammer just like all of the other kind of productivity tools that we have as, as it becomes more widely adopted, um, it's, I think it's only natural for customers to think, okay, well, what, what, what else can I do with it next? And so, you know, CRM has been a really popular one with Yammer. Um, yeah. I've seen that. That's probably one of the most popular things I've, I've seen. But I've seen other kind of interesting scenarios. Um, one of the ones that um, I've talked to a lot of customers with, a lot, especially in like manufacturing, is kind of that concept of like ideation. So, you know, they might have some sort of ideation um, application and, you know, Gamer already has the concept of, of likes and things like that that might help promote up an idea. So as people like submit ideas and people can like them, you know, the most liked things can bubble to the top. Um, I've seen things where, um, you know, Gamer has the concept of a kudos or a praise. And so, right. you know, maybe I just have something as simple as... Um, as something occurs in in a system that maybe you know i i can go and i can post a praise or something like that for you know someone reacting to something so you know i've seen a number of different scenarios i think it's still we're we're kind of at the um i i would say the beginning stages of customers really adopting those sort of things but it's coming quick yeah i mean i i use internally quite a lot uh the yammer conversations directly in the word online and powerpoint where you can kind of comment on the documents and the Yammer bar on the right-hand side comes out, and there's a, there's definitely work going on to add that kind of same scenario across a lot of the other stack too. So, and you mentioned the groups as well. Um, that's rolled out internally for us to use. Um, I'm seeing that getting adopted very quickly, where it's bringing together, you know, your Yammer discussions alongside your emails, alongside documents you're putting in your OneDrive, and it's almost becoming kind of a pseudo team site there, where you you can kind of do everything. 80% of the time you do with the team site directly from that group concept within um, within OA or Outlook Online. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the, it'll be interesting to see kind of where those two um, fall. I think the, the concept around groups is 
everything's so kind of what I would call automagic. Yeah. Like it all just kind of is connected and automatic for me. But at the same time, it's kind of a one size fits all. Yeah. You know, right. whereas, um, you know, again, on the pure team site side of things, uh, if I'm going to have like a long standing team, yeah. um, I might want a little bit more kind of complete control of right. everything. What it looks Tossless like, where it's... and branding. And right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and I guess I get this question a lot, and I think I'd throw it to you and see how you answer it. But I'm, I'm, and a lot of people are part of a lot of different networks. So I'm in the Microsoft network because that's the company I work for. I'm in the Office 365 technical network, which is where all our listeners are collaborating with us. Um, I'm also in the MVP one as well around Office and various other ones like the Yammer Developer Network. Uh, how do you keep up? How do you? What what are your tricks on trying to keep up with what's going on inside the world of Yammer? Um, any, any kind of things you can highlight that work for you as a kind of a process around that? Oh, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because <laughs> I, I you know I am active on a lot of them. So if any at any given time I go look and I have like 70 unread things. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and it. Uh, I'm one of those people that hate seeing unread things in my. It's like the OCDness of having it to is, them all it is. Read. So you know, um, you know, I I think. Uh, you know, one of the things is um, I just try to make it a habit of, um, you know, you obviously have a home network is is just keeping an eye on on the, you know, the network's area and, and what's going on there. And and if there's a network that you're really not participating in that much, then maybe it it's something that should drop off your list. Yeah, I must admit, I was a little bit gun-ho when I joined Microsoft, adding myself to all these Yammer groups that I was kind of stalking certain people to see what they were a member of and joining them. Uh, and I made a mistake of joining the, uh, it was the Yammer uh, Continuous Integration Build Group, which they do posts to that Yammer network every time a build compiles and ships to the environment. And at first I thought that was awesome, but then obviously that's quite noisy every day when you see those threads coming through. And the engineers are having discussions on it about you know whether it was a good build or whether there's some work to be done. But um, yeah, it's definitely a tip to be wary of you know going crazy and joining everything because you're not going to be able to keep up at that level. And, to try and be smart and work out, follow people in, in some cases rather than groups. That's um, right, yeah. I think Delve is uh, definitely making a difference. I was there. just thinking that. I yeah. think that is that that will bring a lot of it together to where I can just, you yeah. know, it can kind of tell me what's relevant versus having to... Oh, it's great. I just follow Brian Jones, who we had on the show last week, um, you know, around the, uh, from the engineering side. You know, every document he reads, which is usually an engineering spec document for a new feature... Delve just tells me Brian has just read this or Brian's out of the comment so it's just another document I get to pull down and have a read just to see what those guys are doing uh, they're, they're good with us they let us know like pretty much everything that's coming through it's always good to find out as soon as they see it too sure sure. Um, so where can we find you what's the best places to uh, leverage that knowledge that you share and you are one of the you know, the strongest ones in the community in terms of sharing so I appreciate what you do but what's, what's the best places for people to find you and discover what you're sharing? Yeah, so um, I, I try to put most of the stuff that I uh, work on um, on my blog. So, you know, I'm, I'm one of the guys that I'm, I'm not going to try to go sell an app. I'd rather give it out to the community and let them see how it's, it's built. So um, I have a lot of, you know, pretty comprehensive solutions out on my blog. So you can, you can find my blog by just searching Richard SharePoint. Or um, you can go to richdiz with two Z's, so R-I-C-H-D-I-Z-Z.com, and that'll take you to my MSD yeah, blog. And that's your Twitter handle as well, right? Rich yeah, Diz. it is. Yeah, richdiz. And what have you got? I know you've got some apps in the store, so what have you got in the store? 
So one is a social mapping app. I have yeah. an app called Social Nucleus, and it um, it uses um, you know since this is kind of a developer program, it uses D3.js, which is a um, data driven documents. It's really cool, like data visualizations, yeah. where it it does some cool visuals of um, a social network um, and allows you to kind of navigate through it. Um, and then I also have a a tiny URLs, kind of like Bitly, and actually, there's a few Bitly type of apps in the store, but this one is a little bit more complete in that it it actually keeps quick analytics. So if I send you a, a link, it actually keeps track of if you clicked on it, when you clicked on it, where you were at. You can actually right. see geographically where all your clicks are coming from. Oh, so that's it's kinda, pretty neat. It's kind of because we all love the SharePoint URLs as well, right? I mean, that's right. So this is so readable. This one, these are small. It's spo.cc. So oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. Um, and where are you next? Are you heading back to Texas? Are you traveling to any conferences coming up? Or uh, you know, we have. Uh, I'm, I'm going back to to Texas, and obviously, we have you know lots of things that are coming up in the next few months. I think there's going to be a refresh of Ignite content. I've right. been pretty active in that um, those efforts in the past. So. Um, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll be around. Yeah, there's some pretty cool cities that are planned for these Ignite conferences. I've got to get Olaf on the show to talk about that from a, what that means for developers. But uh, I think the plan is um, is pretty ambitious. Um, we're, I'm busy building out what content we're going to have in that syllabus. And yeah, it'd be great for you to be able to attend those and, and, and you know teach the guys on in person at these events. So that's cool. Cool. All right, well, we'll definitely get you back on the show because um, I get a lot of requests to get you on the show for various different topics that you're, you know, you're known for, Yammer being the, the most prominent one right now. But um, who else would you recommend to come on the show? Who, who do you read and follow that you'd like to just kind of land in it and say, look, get this guy on for 30 minutes to talk about X, Y, Z? Oh, putting me on the spot. Yeah, uh, no, it's great, right? Um, you know, Peshka would be a really good one. I don't know if you've had Peshka on so the show So, Steve, before. Peshka, not yet, no. He's actually in town. He, he's actually presenting another Yammer session at Tech Ready late this afternoon for me. Well, thanks for coming on the show again, mate, and I'm sure we'll get you on here again, and um, enjoy the rest of Tech Ready. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com WACDEV, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group in the Office 365 Technical Network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.